Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and we are continuing our series on healing and hope throughout the month of January. And uh, I'm very excited today for a number of reasons. I'm excited that to be here on the planet Earth, and I'm excited to be in this space today. Uh, it's really, really wonderful. I've been working towards getting this space together, and I think I'm getting very, very close. And I am also very happy to have my guest today with me. And uh, please welcome Sabe Jones Martin. Hi. Hi. Glad welcome you. Thank to you. Bill Myers Inspired. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So. I want to set this show up. I would like to start with a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes of all, and I think that it's very appropriate to this particular story and, of course, our healing and hope. The quote it comes to us from T.S. Eliot, and it says, We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and to know the place for the first time. I'll just let that sink in for just a moment. It is a blessing to be here today with my guest. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Sabe, and, uh, and it's Sabe, S-A-B-A-E, just to clarify, a beautiful name. Um, and I... Today, the, the title of our show is Home is Where the Heart Is, and uh, the description of the show today is Home is Where the Heart Is. As we mature from childhood, each of us makes plans to leave the safety and comfort of home and embark on life's adventure in a quest to find out who we are and what we are here to do. Along the journey, life presents us with the unexpected, which, is, which disrupts our plans, forcing us to change by following our heart, where we discover the truth of who we are, bringing clarity, renewal, meaning, and purpose to what we are called to do. Now a little bit about Sabe Jones-Martin. Sabe Jones-Martin is a dedicated community advocate who participates and serves on many boards and committees for numerous organizations in the city of Indianapolis, including the Butler Tarkington Neighborhood Association, the Martin Center Sickle Cell Initiative, the Community Resurrection Partnership, the Indianapolis Public School Number 43 Alumni Association, and the Team Tarkington Association. Additionally, Ms. Jones-Martin is a certified paralegal and a lifetime member of the NAACP. Again, please help me welcome my guest today, Sabay Jones-Martin. Wow, that was a lot. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I am excited for you to be here because you have an amazing story. And I want to start with that story, just sort of start from the beginning. I mean, you are uh, were born and raised here in Indianapolis, Indiana, my hometown hub of the universe. And um and we also shared the same high school. We did. Broad Ripple High School in Indianapolis. Rockets, Rockets forever. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and uh, But this story is, is very fascinating for a number of reasons, because it takes you out into the world, as, I, as I, the description said, out into the world to, to figure out and make your own way. And eventually you sort of wind up back home again. Uh, but you know, that is an oversimplification. And I think that there's, uh, that the beauty of this is in all of the happenings in between that, that caused the next thing and then caused the next thing, uh, which bring us closer to discovering real purpose in our lives. So I'm going to let you start, uh, now by just starting (laughs) and I, and I'm going to sort of, uh, push and shove along as, as we go through this. So tell me. So, yeah, your journey. Home. Home. Indianapolis. Born here. Yes. And I have a dear friend that says I was hatched in Indianapolis <laughs> and raised in Dallas. Moved to Dallas in 1980. Okay. Uh, my family is here. And as you said, went to Broad Ripple High School. Um, <laughs> loved Indianapolis. Uh, my children were born here. Uh, so in 1980, we moved to Dallas and... Uh, embarked on a whole nother life. Mm -hmm. We just picked the children up and we moved to a new city. And that's where I grew up. Okay. Um, I, we would come back home every summer and holidays to visit with family and uh, life was life. Mm -hmm. I became a certified paralegal. I worked uh, in a boutique firm for about 11 years. Okay. And then right before this incident happened that I'm going to tell you about, I um, left and started with a very large law firm and I was happy to be there. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stress that came with that. And uh, one morning when I was getting ready to go to work, mm-hmm. I got up and brushed my teeth rinsed my mouth, got water in my nose, and I blew my nose. And when I blew my nose, there was like an explosion. It felt like someone hit me in the head with a bat. Wow. The pain and the pressure of that moment was so great. It's like when you're on an airplane and your ears get stopped up from the the cabin pressure. Well, this was that times a thousand. Wow. And I remember looking in the mirror and saying, girl, you're in trouble now. Wow. So as a paralegal for um, a personal injury firm, my day is filled with talking and negotiating and working things out. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I said to myself was, girl, you're in trouble now. You're not going to be able to talk your way through this one. Mm-hmm. You know, this was something that I'd never ex- experienced before. And I knew that. And this is just when you when you blew your nose. That blew my this nose. Is- And and the pressure, it was an explosion in my head. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I was suffering a brain aneurysm. Oh, my. A pica brain aneurysm, which I learned after the fact. Mm -hmm. A posterior inferior cerebellar cerebellar 
aneurysm. So um, I called my then husband and said, I'm really having a strange headache and I need you to come home. And as soon as I said that, there was a voice in me that said, you don't have that kind of time. Mm. And I thought, well, how do I know that? But I didn't question it. I called 911. Okay. So as I was sitting there waiting for them to come, I had a talk with the Lord. I said, um, if today is the day that you call me home, I'm ready to come home, but I've never met my daughter-in-law or my son-in-law. Mm. I've never held my grandchildren. And if you allow me to do that, I thank you. I know better than to make promises to God because I don't keep promises to myself. Right, I can't right. keep up with things, you know, like my keys, for instance, when the paramedics showed up and they always tell you, leave the deadbolt key in the lock. Well, I hadn't. And so in this state, where there's pain and pressure beyond words and urgency and urgency, real urgency because they showed up and I couldn't let them in. So the only thing I could do was go to the garage and let the door up so they could come in. They came in, they did a workup and they said, we have to take you now. You, you know, your measurements are off the chart. Okay. So, um, as I, that I was, as I'm thinking, and this is, I'm being honest, as I'm thinking about what's getting ready to happen, I thought, well, if I go in the bedroom, I can possibly sneak a puff off of my cigarettes before I go. I was a two pack a day smoker. Found wow. out later that that was a big part of what happened in the aneurysm. Wow. I found out also when people have, uh, when I asked my uh, neurosurgeon, why did the aneurysm happen? He said, you're born with a propensity to have an aneurysm. It's a weakening in the vein wall. And if all of the factors come together at the right time, it will burst. So I didn't get a chance to get the puff off of the cigarette. But as I was coming out of the bedroom with my purse, my field of vision, just like I'm looking at you now, mm -hmm. it's split on the diagonal. So what I was seeing part was here and the other part was down here. And that's when the, the aneurysm actually burst. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now hold on to that because we got to take a break here, but um, wow. That's a lot to digest for sure. Um, so you are listening to Sabay Jones Martin. Tell us her wonderful journey. Um, with this um, aneurysm episode, simply by blowing your nose, your entire life changes. So we're going to take a break right now, and we are blessed to be in the Healing and Hope series here in January, and uh, the theme of today's show is Home is Where the Heart Is, uh, and you're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we'll be right back in just one moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. 
Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we are in our Healing and Hope series in the month of January. And today's show is Home is Where the Heart is with my guest, Sabay Jones-Martin. Okay, Sabay, you you just told us that you were the emergency folk came to your home and you are now, they are taking you out of the home to the hospital. Where do we go from here? Well, as I got into the back of the ambulance, I actually started to fade to black, if you will, Mm. because the aneurysm had burst. My skull was filling with blood. I didn't know that at the time, but I knew that this wasn't normal. Uh, What I found out after the fact was that hospital, after doing tests to find out what was going on, said, we can't handle this. This is more than what we uh, have training to do. Um, They put me back together, if you will and put me in a life support ambulance and sent me to a different hospital. At this hospital, I was blessed to have one of the best neurosurgeons in Dallas to become my doctor. And the reason that that happened, and I have to advocate here for healthcare, because the insurance that that they thought I had would take me to hospital A the insurance they found in my wallet and that other insurance got me to star hospital a plus. Oh, wow. So um, it it makes a difference. But again, that all happened because the Lord had 
guided me to a new employer who was such a wonderful person that the insurance that he had on his employees was the same insurance he had on his family. Wow. Now that, that makes a difference. Y yes, indeed. In the quality of life. So um, I never made it to work that day. I didn't make it back home for three months in the hospital, in and out of ICU, actually had four brain surgeries in that period of time. Um, I was released eventually mm -hmm. without needing one day of rehabilitation. I didn't lose any of my motor skills, uh, verbal skills. I did have short-term memory loss. So when people would say, we came to see you and I'd say, what did we talk about? They would have to tell me because I had no idea. Right. I actually, um, my son tells a funny story about when he said, I told him, when you get home, you better take that dog out and, and make sure that he eats. And I, I said, what did you say? And he said, I said, okay, mom, we didn't have a dog. <laughs> Wow. So wow. you have a you have the implantation of memories that don't actually happen, but then you have to depend on, or I had to depend on other people to tell me what happened in those three months of my life. I had bits and glimpses of um, things that happened in that period. The one thing I do know is that my mom came to Dallas. And from she, Indianapolis. From Indianapolis. Okay. I actually found the, the notes that were written down the night that my family called my mom and said, um, they've said that Sabay's not going to live through the night. You need to get here right away. The same call was made to my children. They were in college and everybody had to come because that they actually pronounced death over me. Um, if it hadn't been for the prayers of my home church in Dallas, uh, I don't think that my recovery would have been as wonderful as it was mm -hmm. because I remember being in ICU and after having another procedure done, another brain surgery done, I remember waking up and looking at the ceiling and saying, I can feel the heat. I could feel people praying for me. Mm. So I know the power of prayer. It is an actual energy. Sure it is. And so um, those kinds of things were great lessons in retrospect. Sure. Um, I didn't go back to work for probably six months because the same wonderful employer allowed me the time it took to heal. Wow. That's so a blessing in it, and of itself. It's just been wonderful. Um, that story and how I ended up back in Indianapolis. Okay, so now let's talk about that. I mean, let's talk about how that journey led you back to Indianapolis. It was a break. You know, we go through life and we're in our patterns and we're doing things that are our natural day or, or, you know, work is work, home is home. And at the time, my children were in college and um, I got a call from my mom. Uh, I was starting to pick up on things from my sisters that she's having some medical issues. And because I have this break, I now can say, well, let me go check on mom. Okay. One thing led to another. And I ended up moving back to Indianapolis in 2012 to take care of my mother. Wow. 
it wasn't easy. Sure. I understand. <laughs> By the way, you, you know, you know, I, my mom's been with me for 10 years. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah, to pick up your from your life, you yes. know, for 35 plus years and sure. just start over. Yeah. And I always said no shade on Indianapolis that I would never go back to Indianapolis. Well, the only person that could do that could make me want to do that was my mother. Yeah. So I moved back here to take care of her. But now it looks a little different uh, being back in Indianapolis. And, and this is that part, you know, again, we, we have, you know, in this, in the description of the show, you know, we leave the roost, you know, and it's like, I'm going to find my own thing. I'm right. going to build my own life. And, and then we wind up back. And, and that's why I love that T.S. Eliot quote so much, because now you're back, but you're back with a purpose and a new awareness and a new appreciation for life and a new appreciation for home, home, home. Back home. Back home again in Indiana. With the uh, cornfields and crows and the whole nine yards. Right, right. So um, being back home was a lot different than being in Dallas. Sure. It was a huge adjustment. And I did not immediately become the advocate. Sure. It was concentrating on mom, getting that routine down. And then uh, I always had made a statement that when I came back to Indianapolis, if that ever happened, I would fill the shoes of my uncle. He was a past president of the NAACP, and he also worked with Martin Center Sickle Cell Initiative. Okay. And then after I got involved a little bit with both of those, I called him and said, you got to have uh, your shoes back because they're way too big to fill. Right. But in doing that, I took on the opportunity to focus on some things that would keep me interested, you know, to have something that would be a break in the daily care. You know, my mom wasn't uh, an invalid, but right. at the same time, that was my focus. I forgot about me, but the appreciation for life was you can't waste these days. These are given days. These are days that God gave you back right? because you were supposed to have died January 25th, 2002. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at, at a, an anniversary, aneurysm anniversary coming up. So um, I started to do things with the NAACP. I got involved with going to different seminars, uh, fair housing, uh, raise the wage Indiana, things that just were not normal in my lexicon of things to do. Right. And never would I have thought that I would be doing these things in Indianapolis because I wasn't politically involved. Well, not until the Obama election did, uh, it even occurred to me to be involved in the politics of the country, period. Right. So that even was a part of it as well, getting involved with the Democrat Party and um, just getting involved with the community. The more I did, the more involved I got. Mm -hmm. The more involved I got, the more there was to do. And my uh, advice to anyone is just take the first step. 
because there's enough for all of us to be doing something. Right, yeah. right. Well, you know, that's, um, you know, again, it just reminds me of, we talk about home, it reminds me of uh, family, but then there's family awareness that gets beyond our biological family to the community that I grew up in, the classmates that I, you know what I mean? The cares and concerns broaden. My grandfather always talked about being a good steward of the community. And um, and that means a lot. That, mean, that means being in service to others uh, and being able to set aside, you know, uh, a self-centeredness uh, long enough to be able to see the need in others. And when we can't figure out uh, oftentimes what we are to do, um, we can find real purpose when we extend to somebody else. And then we get a real sense of uh, a real fulfillment and gratitude when we're able to lift someone else up and meet the needs of another. I think that is. You're absolutely right. And so I, and, and you're saying that I'm reminded of my sister, uh, Para, who was a teacher for 38 years in IPS. And one of my the Indianapolis public Indianapolis, school system. Yes, <laughs> that one. Um, my one of my heart's desires was to come home and sing in front of her in the choir. She was the music director at uh, our home church here, and I got a chance to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, my mother is a retired teacher, and that's a whole life of learning about teaching and what that takes uh, from your life and dedication and oh, yeah. serving others. So I had the example from my mom as a teacher in serving others and serving the community. So being back here with her and exchanges and conversations ignited a lot of that as well. She yeah. was my Robin. If I was Batman, she was Robin. Oh. <laughs> you know, wherever I went, she was there. Right, and it right. was a blessing to have her there because we had a chance to share in a lot of things I wouldn't have been able to share with her 900 miles away. Right. And so that's the other blessing about coming back home because I feel like all of the days and months and years that I spent in Dallas was to prepare me to come home and to do the things that I've been able to do since I've been here. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It's purposeful. It it's is. purposeful. We're being prepared today for tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever that looks like. I mean, you know, we had a master class yesterday and it's time to put it into action, and right? You don't see it while it's happening. Oh, no. You, you, you kind of look back and say, oh, that's why that happened. Right, or, right. These are the things that God was preparing me for and uh, the conversations that he has when you, and that's one of the things I'm thankful for in uh, surviving the aneurysm is that I, I know I have a better connection with hearing God. If it had not been for his instructions the morning of the aneurysm, you don't have that kind of time. Uh, don't do don't don't cry that was the other thing he said it's like i wanted to cry that morning because it hurt so bad right and there was just something in me that said that spirit that said you can't cry i would never tell myself you can't cry but that was the voice of god 
And we have to tune in mm -hmm. to be able to hear that. But in, in order to do that, I think you have to have the sound turned down. One of the actual lessons, and I'm, I'm just going to go, go there. Go, 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 go that I learned was uh, on my 60th birthday, mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to take the second cruise of the year for my birthday, or I got a call from a friend that offered me the opportunity to run a half marathon. Okay. It's like, who does that? Right. And I was like, <laughs> uh, no, I have plans right. for July. I'm not doing that. Um, but over the next few days, God worked on me and said, um, do you want to remember your 60th birthday by running a half marathon to raise money for children in Africa to have clean water? Or do you want to take another cruise and make yourself happy? Yeah, my Mai Tai yeah, with I'm, my little umbrella. That, right. That's cute. But <laughs> So uh, I made the decision. We started training in July. And by that November, I was running my very first half marathon, 13.1 wow. miles and raised, I guess, I think around three, four, maybe $500. Yeah. To help children in Africa. Again, that is not something that you get the opportunity to do. Yeah. You know, all the time. So wow. that was a blessing. That 60 is. years old. And I ran my first half marathon you go girl <laughs> Yay, <laughs> that is awesome that is awesome well we are here today uh discussing healing and hope and uh our topic today is home is where the heart is and my guest is Sabay jones martin a fantastic story and it is time for us to take a break we're glad that you have tuned in with us today and we'll be right back in just a moment Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation.
Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and we are continuing our series on healing and hope. And today's show is Home is Where the Heart Is with Sabay Jones-Martin. Now, before the break, she just talked about celebrating her 60th birthday, running a 13 and a half mile marathon to raise money to uh, to provide water to communities and children in Africa. What a way to spend your 60th birthday. Now, she had never run a marathon before, but during the break, all of a sudden she broke out all this bling bling over here. So we're just gonna jump to that because obviously that is beyond the idea of one marathon. So explain yourself, my dear. So. <laughs> This is my clank clank. Running became um, an outlet and it became an opportunity to talk to God. It was a growth class. So the first piece of metal I have was for indie women's and I ran that. It's a 5K. Okay. So that was kind of to warm up. I was in training and that ended up with um, being in a magazine article. Okay. All right. Uh, it also gave me a chance to learn about my Christian walk on the Monon, ah. which I would have never gone on if it had not been for training for the marathon. So these other, this one, oh, this is a So the Monon one. Trail oh. is, is in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it, it sort of slices right through the city and it, it runs parallel. It was, it was a, a railroad the Monon Railroad sort of company. So it is along those tracks that they have put a, a trail that really does cut through most of the city of Indianapolis. So anyway, that's your, now we're, we're caught up. I've okay. Got, I've got that part. All right. <laughs> um, so um, this is a very important medal. This one was for um, the Coleman run. Susan Coleman. Susan that's Coleman. right. My sister fought breast cancer for eight years and then, uh, well, seven years in her eighth year, she was diagnosed with chemo-induced leukemia. Oh, my. But I was able to come home and take her to chemo. Okay. And have dinner and lunch with her and sing in her choir. All of that because I came back home. Yeah. And yeah. see, um, this is the other. I've run this one twice. But all of these are medals that came about because as my then husband said, I've seen you on your deathbed and I've seen you run a 5k. God is good. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the time. You know, <laughs> and so there were things like um, running, running and, and finding out that, you know, people are in my way. They're around me or, Oh my goodness, that person looks like they've been running forever. And the response was, how do you know? And why does it matter? Just run your race. Right. Well, isn't that a life lesson? Just run your race. Sure it race. is. It's a powerful life lesson. It is. Uh, so I appreciated hearing that. And then when we were training for the half marathon, I know in the nine mile Saturday run, nine mm -hmm. miles on that day, right? I was halfway through the third three mile clip. And I thought, I can't do this. And God said to me, daughter, I've seen you finish this run. All you have to do is keep running. 
Well, that's a life lesson. Sure it is. You just have to keep running because the success is actually there for you to have if you do the work that it takes. These are not lessons that I would have gotten had I not come back home. So in talking about healing and returning home, the voyage back has been to prepare me, strengthen me, and to um, allow me to get to the point where I can share that opportunity to live life at a higher level. Absolutely. And, and even, even beyond that, um, I think that the other piece of that is you become uh, a, an example for others. And this is a part that has nothing to do with you. That's not something you set out to be. I want to be <laughs> someone people look at and, you know, admire. That's not really within your control, contrary to some people in Washington, D.C. who might think something differently. But, um, but for you to be seen by others and admired by others because of every bit of this journey that you have mentioned. I mean, your brush with death, uh, a, a renewed sense of life, a renewed sense of purpose, uh, returning home, being able to care for family, not only your mother, and be there for her and her transition yes. as well, but also being able to be there for your sister and companion her and walk with her through her transition. So even as, as we look at that, and that may seem somewhat morbid or dark, it is, it's absolutely full of light because you become a bearer of light. True. And, and so you running these races and, and doing what you do becomes a, an individual that others can look up to. So just as you are looking around and, and, you know, who, what you're noticing, you, you've got to be mindful that people are looking at you also <laughs> and, uh, and assessing and, and appreciating uh, that which you are. And so I think that that's really powerful. And that's something that we all have to be reminded of. And only someone else can tell you that because we, you know, because like I said, I can't really see me, um, uh, and so it's really important that um, others can hold up the mirror to you every once in a while when because you don't know where you are. And then they go, hey, man, let me show you you for just a minute. Let me show you you. So even as we talk about this, I, I do want to take a moment. Uh, I'm not sure where we are. I think we're OK, but um, I want to take, I don't think we're that close to a break yet. So in the middle of us right here, right now, is a photograph with Seve and, you guessed it, Oprah Winfrey. Now there's a story there. And I think that we should not, uh, not, uh, delay a, a moment longer and we should get into this story so Sabe, tell us about this photo of you and oprah winfrey so 
I have to start the story the day before this happened. Okay, okay. I was in Maryland um, visiting my daughter and my son at the time, and I wanted to go where Oprah was shooting the movie, The Henrietta Lack Story. Okay. And they were uh, filming it at Johns Hopkins and then in another section of Baltimore, but I wasn't sure where. So we found out where they were shooting at the time I was downtown Maryland, just, you know, looking around, being a, a, a tourist. Uh-huh. And I got a call from my daughter and she says, well, I know where they are. And she gave me the address and she said, would well, you want me to have a car come pick you up? And I was like, oh no, I can walk. Cause you know, <laughs> I run. <laughs> so I, um, I looked at my phone and I saw that it was gonna take 15 minutes. And I started walking. And I'm excited because I'm going to see where they're shooting the movie. But I'm walking and walking and I'm not getting anywhere. And I realize that my GPS is set on driving. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> and not walking. But I kept walking. And I got there. The day that I got there it was summer. It was hot. I was in a skirt and a sweater. Thank goodness I had on sandals. At the time, I started walking. And, but by the time I got there, Opal was gone. Okay. So I All stayed right. there till they got done. My daughter picked me up that night. I was so tired and I, I getting, you know, ready for bed and something kept saying, wash your hair. I'm like, maybe in the morning I'll wash your hair. And so I did, I didn't know why until this happened. The next day when my daughter had me dropped off at the site where they were shooting this scene uh, at the, okay, this is a landmark thing. So can I say this? Sure. Okay. So um, at Johns Hopkins sure. you, uh, Hospital, where the Henrietta Lack story actually takes place. So I'm casually walking up on the set because I don't have authorization to be there not earthly authorization anyway. Right. So I put my purse down on the ground and I was getting ready to sit down and I turned around and I saw Oprah and I saw her and she looked at me and she did this, the come here signal. And I of course did what people do when they say on TV, he's like, who me? And yeah. she said, yes. And she did this. He's like, I want to touch your hair. So the hair. When I was in the hospital with the brain aneurysms, the first part of my hair, which is dark, I've been coloring my hair since I was 24 years old. And it was bottle brown. Right, right. <laughs> it was bottle brown. <laughs> so um, they shaved off this part of my hair and they shaved off this part of my hair and in the hospital with tubes and staples and uh, hydrocephalus, water on the brain, I told them, just shave it all off because it's not going to grow back even. Well... When it grew back in, it grew back natural. The color God intended. Right. Silver. <laughs> I actually would sit in the hospital and try to think of ways to get color on my hair while I had staples in my scalp. We can talk about Miss Claire all another time. <laughs> but this is the thing. That's what Oprah wanted to touch. That's what she wanted to see. She didn't know me. And it's not like it's the first time she ever saw white silver gray hair but the story that comes with the hair is that i lived 
through four brain surgeries. I lived through three months in the hospital and that this new person that I was after having the covering removed was something that attracted Oprah. And mm-hmm. I believe it was the spirituality of it. Sure. Um, I went over to her and I bent my head down and she just ran her fingers all through my hair. And I was so glad I washed it. (laughs) (laughs) And as I was in, oh, no, she said, "Uh, may I touch your hair? And I'm like, you're Oprah. What am I supposed to say? (laughs) So she goes in on the hair and I'm holding my camera in shock. And her photographer comes over and takes my camera out of my hand and clicks two pictures and hands it back to me. And she says, well, thank you. And I'm, thank you. And felt like the rest of the day, I wanted to be a little puppy and run behind her and just talk to me. Right. But I didn't, I went over and sat down and I was quiet, but that's where this um, picture came from on the set of the movie, the Henrietta Lack story and Oprah wanted to touch my hair. My son told me, that he felt that God blessed me that day with something to remember that I walked by faith. I didn't know where I was going right. to go see this movie being shot because it wasn't at Johns Hopkins that day. The first day I took off walking, it was uh, in another part of downtown Baltimore, actually, where they filmed The Wire, but I didn't know that at the time. But um He said, because you walked a walk of faith, God blessed you with this opportunity. And I believe that we'll see each other again. Yeah. There's something great that God was showing me with this picture, but I've looked for other pictures of Oprah with other people and she might be standing next to them, but she never hands in their hair. (laughs) And there it is. (laughs) That was a great day. That is awesome. Well, we are going to take another break. Uh, again, what a blessing it is to, to share this moment with Sabay Jones-Martin. And it's a blessing that we can be in the same space. Um, I was only able to experience this during the Christmas program with Sandy Lomax. And, uh, but boy, it just feels great. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, as we continue through working through the challenges of COVID, that we will actually be able to be in the same space once again, uh, even more. So a blessing it is. Um, so you are listening to Bill Myers Inspires. We are continuing our series on healing and hope. And today's program is entitled Home is Where the Heart Is with my guest, Sabay Jones-Martin. We'll be right back in just one moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. 
Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. Thank you for joining us today for Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and we're continuing our series on healing and hope. Today's show is Home is Where the Heart Is with my guest, Sabay Jones-Martin. Um, an incredible story, an incredible journey. And, uh, you know, I mean, one that is so remarkable that Oprah Winfrey does one of these things to you and <laughs> then asks if she can run her fingers through your hair kind of story. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the first time I've ever heard that kind of story. And so I'm grateful to be able to bring you that kind of story on this here show. So, um, again, amazing journey. Um, and again, a, a blessing to, to, to be sure. So, so what I'm curious about Sabay in all that you have experienced and, uh, managed to tune into and, and, uh, and the focus that you've been able to, to possess through it all, allowing you to hear a little bit more clearly when God is, is speaking to you. Um, when we think about healing and hope and, and we go through so many things, I just would like for you to reflect, if you will, on what you might say as far as lessons that you have learned or things that you would like to impart to others as far as uh, when when their hope might be a little low, uh, when they are in need of some sort of healing, not just physical healing. I mean, you know, we're spiritual healing is, is uh, even more so. And so share with us your takeaways or the things that you might share with others at this point, as far as what you have come to know. You said something earlier about doing things to be seen. My daughter knows that I am painfully shy. I've even said to you, I don't like, I really am not comfortable being photographed. I'm not comfortable speaking publicly. I was even one of the first things I ventured into uh, when I started to find things to occupy my mind was Toastmasters mm. in hopes that it would help me become more comfortable speaking in front of people I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, my thought on that is... Don't limit yourself by worrying about what people see as they look at you. Be focused on what you can give or who 
God sees you as. Because like with the hair color, I'd been coloring my hair since I was 24 years old, but that wasn't the hair color. I had a um, church member in Dallas say that the hair color that I had at that time was the hair color that God intended me to have when it went white at that age. And mm -hmm. there's so many things that we do to cover up who we are in order to please other people and in order to fit into society. But I was able to expand who I was just by being me and fighting past those limitations that I put on myself. I always go back and remember that when Jesus went to the cross, he was practically naked. And if the sacrifice of what he did on the cross was to be naked, and that's something that we all fear, and that, that goes with, you know, the coloring of the hair and the, the things that we do to be um, accepted in society and in the circles that we live in, even sure. the family. Oh, yeah. Um, be willing to sacrifice your nakedness so that others can be strong or see that the reality of giving of yourself is what matters. Mm -hmm. I never set out to be super advocate. I never set out to do the things that I was able to do, but I was thankful that I had the roots in Indianapolis mm -hmm. to be able to do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, that's, uh, that, that's, some, that's biblical reference, the idea of, of letting your light shine and do not hide it. That is it, isn't it? Absolutely. That is it. And again, I, I just would like to revisit the quote by T.S. Eliot to close out the show today. And it is, again, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Sabay, it has been a joy having you on the show today. And uh, and I hope you'll come back at some point and, and uh, have the next installment of the <laughs> Oprah Winfrey photo, photo session. Sure. All right. So you've been listening to Bill Myers Inspires. I thank you for tuning in with us today and uh, please tune in next week as we continue our series on healing and hope. Thank you so much for being with us and have a blessed. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.